We're so glad that you've joined us today on the Relevant Church Podcast. There's so much God wants to do in and through you as you listen to today's message. If you want to learn more about Relevant Church, visit us online at thisisrelevant.cc. Now here's Pastor Muta. You know, all, all week I've been praying and just asking God, what do you want to do? Because the series was supposed to end last week. But he says he's got one more word. And so I believe that this morning we, we, we should just, we should lean into what God has to say to us. I mean, before I get in there, let me just do what I always do each morning. Just kind of introduce myself to you and introduce the church to you if you're new around here. My name is Muta. I'm a servant here at Relevant Church. Um, as Pastor Derek said before, at Relevant, we really just want to do one thing and one thing well. We want to boldly declare and help everybody around us learn one very simple but most profound thing that they can learn in their lives, that Jesus is relevant. And, and, and by that, we want to create an atmosphere here where we learn to passionately follow Jesus. Where we learn to love across boundaries, just like it looks like in here, like the kingdom. Where we learn to make a tangible difference in our community, region, and world. And we do this because this is what Jesus did, and we just want to follow in his footsteps. We want to do what he did. You know, but in order for us to do this, there's some things that have to happen in our lives. There's some changes that need to take place. And I know this isn't my typical opening to, to messages, but I really feel like there's, there's a weight that God wants to lift off of many of us today. And so, um, you know, as we've been going through this series, I love Jesus, but I cuss a little. You know, it's, it's fun. We, we, we make jokes and, you know, we saw the videos and, you know, guy was making up all these fake cuss words. And then at the end, he was just like, what, ha- what happens when you get done with all of those? And he says, uh, so you do cuss. And then he goes, a little. But the reality is, it's not a joke. And that's what I hope that we've communicated through this series is the simple fact that we are, we're broken. You know, in the word it says, I was born in sin and shaped in iniquity. Meaning I came out of my mother's womb into a broken world as a broken individual, bent to sin, bent to only do things my way. And then something happened somewhere in my, my life where I encountered this man named Jesus and I gave my heart over to him. But then I realized very quickly that there were things that were still a ball and chain in my life. Things that I just couldn't shake. I found myself doing things that I didn't want to do and I ended up uh, not doing the things that I wanted to do. And I, I found myself saying, I love you, Jesus, but I cuss a little. I love you, Jesus, but I fill in the blank. And and see, this is the thing 
about God is uh, he, he, accepts, he accepts us just the way we are. But he doesn't want us to stay there. He says, come, all who are weary and are heavy laden, I'll give you rest. And then he says this word. He says, take my yoke upon you. And this word yoke is actually a, a word that means teaching. He says, bring everything that you've learned, all these weird philosophies of, uh, of, of, of just your own broken humanity and how they taught you how to live life. And, and you realize that this really hasn't worked out in the best way. And so he says, I know you're tired. I know you try to do things your way. And so come to me and take upon my teaching. Take on a new philosophy. Take on a new worldview. One that's going to give you rest. One that's going to free you from the brokenness that you know yourself you carry. And then he calls us upward. And all through scripture, he calls us upward. You know, we say here, no perfect people allowed, but here goes the deal. We serve a perfect Savior, and our desire is to be like him, so there has to be some sort of change over time. We say authenticity is the only requirement. Yes, come as you are, be authentically you, but in the process, look at Jesus, and the Bible says, as we behold, we become changed. So we see texts like this that, They just kind of hit us, and sometimes we gloss over them, and, and we excuse our brokenness. But we forget that the word says this in 1 Peter 1, 14 through 16. It says, as obedient children, do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance. But as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. See, it is written, you shall be holy, for I am holy. In Romans 12, 2, one of the most significant verses in my life that uh, I heard a message preached. I was about maybe 20 or 21 or 22 years old around that time. And this thing just hit me so hard. For whatever reason, God used this verse to transform my life. It says this, Romans 12, 2. Do not be conformed. To this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind that by testing you may discern, you may figure out, you may understand what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable, and what is perfect. See, this series has not been a series about given us a license to sin. This series has been an opportunity to see the lens of the gospel, of grace, that God accepts broken us, but yet still wants to walk with us and us to walk with him. And he doesn't want to leave us broken. He wants to build us up. It says all things become new in our lives when we come to Jesus. The old passes away. 
So as, as we get into this message, I believe that there's some internal wrestling that we're just going to have to do. There's not going to be much jokes. There's not going to be much. Let's just, let's get real as we've been doing. But let's get free. Let's pray. God, we thank you. God, that you're a God of um, fun, you're a God of laughter, you're a God of jokes, but you're also a God of intensity, of supernatural holiness that we could never even imagine. We thank you that the weight of your glory is so much that it could crush us in a moment. But yet you say, come. And God, we just ask that you may free us today. As the word says, the sin that so easily throws us off. The brokenness that so easily weighs us down. Free us through the precious and powerful name of Jesus. Amen. So if you have a Bible, if you need a Bible, go ahead and raise your hand. We'll get a Bible to you. House crew will get it to you. James 14. James 5, excuse me, beginning in verse 14, the writer of James is uh, Jesus' little brother, and um, he's given a lot of awesome life lessons, talks about taming the tongue and not being partial to people. He talks about testing your faith and how your faith without works is dead. And uh, he talks about a warning against worldliness and just being conformed to this world. He's given a lot of encouraging and important lessons. But in the last chapter, I think he gives the most important lesson. And we begin in verse 14. And he says this, it says in verse 14, it says, is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anoint him or her with oil in the name of the Lord. Is anybody among you sick? This this word sick means either a physical ailment, like you're sick, you're you're, you're physically, I, I am not well. And then it also has spiritual connotations as well, too. So it's not just talking about a physical ailment. This is talking about spiritually not well. When, you're, when you know inside of you that, like, man, I'm just, I just don't feel healthy. I don't feel connected to God right now. I feel like there's some things happening in my life where I just feel that there's this, there's this void. There's this, there's this tension that's going on in my life, and I just don't feel free. Anybody ever felt that in your life? 
where you just like you, you you just knew yourself and you know what you were doing and like no one had to tell you anything, no one had to call you out because you just knew yourself. Like, listen, I'm just not living the way that I should be living. You know, the word sickness it it, it includes words like literally feeling weak, like spiritually just uh, without strength or or powerless. And how many of us know? that the things that weigh us down, whether it's the brokenness or the sin that we deal with daily, weighs us down and leaves us powerless plenty of times. I don't know about you, but I've been times where I've just been like, God, I just, I don't think I can do it. I don't think I just can get over it. And this is while I was a Christian too, saying, God, this is just who I am. Maybe I just need to accept who I am. And he's saying, if any of you guys feel this way, if, if any of us feel this way, let's call the elders. And the elders, we're talking about the, the, the pastors and overseers of the local church. He's saying, listen, God has given uh, these individuals uh, a special uh, anointing, a special um, blessing to be his representatives uh, for him on earth. He's saying, listen, if, if you're going through something that's, that's so heavy, that's so weighty, go ahead and call the pastors, call the elders of the church, and let them come and pray for you. And let them come and anoint you with oil. And, and oil was seen as a, as a healing agent back in the day. And in Scripture, you'll see texts where they use uh, anointing oil, like uh, the text that Pastor Jonah talked about where... Um, the, 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 the good Samaritan comes by and he sees this guy, he's all uh, battered and bruised, and he begins to oil his wounds. It was seen as a healing agent, but oil also played a significant role in the early church. It was to symbolize God's presence and his Holy Spirit covering whoever was anointed with oil. So when there was a king who was selected to become uh, a king, the prophets and the leaders of the church would come and they would pour oil over him, symbolizing God has covered you. God has anointed you. God is taking care of you. And so in the church, plenty of times when uh, issues take place or things are really uh, hard, um, we, we anoint people with oil. And I remember my father was uh, on his deathbed, the doctor said. He was down and out. They told us, start making funeral arrangements. And uh, we went and we said, well, there's nothing more that we can do except, they said, call the elders of the church and allow them to come and anoint him with oil. So the elders came and they prayed. Long story short, the doctor said, we don't know what the heck just happened, but this is a miracle. This man is going to live. And my dad is still kicking it right now. Ticker's still working. Amen. We can clap on that for sure. He says, if anybody is sick, allow them to call the elders and and bring them here and allow them to anoint them with oil. And it says this, it says, and if he is, excuse me, um, in the name of the Lord, because at the end of the day, the oil itself doesn't have any supernatural power to it. At the end of the day, it's God who does the healing. We just come as a simple of obedi- a symbol of obedience and say, God, we, we just want to partner with you in this, even though you're doing it all by yourself. And then verse 15, it says, and the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick. 
You know, the cool thing is that it doesn't say the prayer of the faithful. It says the prayer of faith. So, so the individual who's sick, and the way he's written this here, it's not that the person who's sick is supposed to have some sort of supernatural faith, and all of a sudden they're going to be healed. Sometimes when you are in the pit of your mess, you have no faith to pray. You know, plenty of times I've had to call one of my mentors, uh, uh, Pastor Rod, and you guys have, have seen him, and uh, some of you guys have heard him teach here, and I, I pray that we get him out here again to teach. But uh, Rod Lawrence and I meet every single week. We have uh, accountability time and, and coaching time where he pours into me. And there are times where I've called him up where temptation or something has been so heavy on me that I knew that in myself, I couldn't bring myself to, to, to pray that prayer of faith. So I say, Rod, please pray for me because I am in a weak moment right now. I need help. says the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick. And uh, talking about saving, this is either from physical healing, this is uh, physical healing or spiritual transformation, spiritual salvation. Because at the end of the day, it's all a supernatural act of God. We're coming to God and saying, God, you are able. We know that you can do this. God, I love Jesus, but I cuss a little, but I know you can change me. God, I I know I I love Jesus, but this is what's going on in my life, and I know you can make a difference. And, Lord, like like the guy who comes to Jesus and says, hey, come and heal my daughter, he says, listen, I believe, but you're going to have to heal my unbelief. I need to call other people to come around me because I can't do this thing by myself. He says, and the Lord will raise him up. Now, I love the way... Uh, some of the commentators uh, comment on this specific statement, and the Lord will raise him up. It's, it's a guarantee the healing will come. But as we know in the world that we live in, sometimes our healing will not come here on earth. Let's just be real. Let's not fool ourselves. We live in a broken world that's messed up. In fact, uh, Scripture says that this, this world is groaning and in, in going through pains of, like, childbirth. It's falling apart. So sometimes our physical healing will not come here on earth. And I just want to free somebody here. Just because you are dealing with a medical issue or grandma or, or sister or brother or friend is dealing with a medical issue and you guys have faith and you're interceding on uh, their behalf, know that healing will come. It may not be in this life. But God has a plan. Have the assurance that it's going to take place. And, and some of the things that we wrestle with, uh, these things, I remember I was talking to my dad, and I was like, hey, dad, you know, um, does some of this stuff just go away? Like, you know, full, full transparency. So, like, we've been doing this all, 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 all series long. Like, God, you know, some of these temptations that men have, will it go away? It's like, dude, we live in a broken world. Some of that stuff will stay on you. You just don't have to act on it. Some of that stuff will stay in the back of your head. That's why when Alcoholics Anonymous, they say, look, whatever you do, just don't put yourself around alcohol. You're healed, but don't test it. Healing will come. 
Even my my wife had a C-section. She is fully healed, but the scar is still there. Healing will come. Prayer of faith will save the one who is sick, and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sin, he will forget; he'll be forgiven. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. It's like you ever watch a movie and the the plot just changes on you. Wait, I thought we were talking about sickness. Where did sin pop up? Why did you bring about? Why did you bring up sin, James? He's saying if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. In the same breath as talking about sickness, here uh, point number one. If you're following along in your teaching sheets, unconfessed sin is a contributor to suffering and sickness. See, in the New Testament, um, sometimes sickness is seen as a result of sin, of wrongdoing. Not all the time, but, but there are many times where we see in Scripture that sickness is attached to wrongdoing, is attached to sin. In fact, it tells us this in Matthew 9, 2. It says, and behold, some people brought to him a paralytic, somebody who was paralyzed, lying on a bed. They brought him to Jesus. And when Jesus saw their faith, their faith, not his faith, when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, take heart, my son, your sins are forgiven. Attached to his sickness. 1 John 5, 14, afterward, Jesus found him in the temple, excuse me, that's John 5, 14. Afterward, Jesus found him in the temple and said to him, See, you are well. Sin no more, that nothing worse may happen to you. Man, maybe we need to stop thinking it's the devil. Oh, the devil did it. The reason that person said, oh, the enemy is at work. But this... Church people, this doesn't give us license to condemn that coworker that sneezes. You're in sin. I knew it. You're going to hell. But some of us, the situation that we're in, some of us, the physical, the, 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 the emotional, the, the, the current state that we're in is a result of our sin. The brokenness, the issues that we're facing in life, the reason why we're exactly where we are and dealing with what we're dealing with is simply this. We are in sin. Oh, we've been in sin, and now we're seeing the results of it. Shoot, I've seen it. I'm the chief culprit. Point number two. Confession is not only the first step to find physical healing, but also to find supernatural breakthrough. Verse 16, he says, therefore, confess your sins to one another 
and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. Therefore, so if anybody's in sin, if anybody's sick, call the elders, allow them to come and pray for them. And if they're in sin, their sins will be forgiven. Therefore, because of this, as a result of this, confess your sins one to another. Confess, it's like, just admit you're guilty. Just say, you know what? I love Jesus, but I cuss a little. Not a, <laughs> I love Jesus, but I cuss a little. No, I love Jesus, but I cuss a little. There's a difference. It's confession. It's not mere admittance. It's confession. It's saying, I've got an issue. I've got a problem. I'm broken. I love Jesus, but fill in the blank. Everybody in here has got something. You know, confession is not only the first step to find physical healing, but also to find supernatural breakthrough. Um, I'm one of those guys who goes to the doctor, and sometimes I don't tell the doctor exactly what's wrong with me because I'm scared of what's going to take place after that. <laughs> don't judge me. But how foolish is that? How foolish is us to go to the doctor and not tell him what's wrong with us? How the heck do you think we're going to have our healing? So why, why, why do we have access to the great physician, the king above all kings, the one who holds the world in his hands, and we've got the nerve to not admit the fact that we are messed up to him as if he doesn't know? But confess your sins to one to another. First begin by confessing in, in, in the context of the scripture. Start by confessing to the people you've wronged. Then to other faithful believers. And confess to those people who you've wronged and said, hey, I'm sorry, I've sinned against you. Hey, I'm sorry, I've, I've done this against you. Hey, I'm sorry, this is my issue. I've, been, uh, I, I've, 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 I've contributed to the unhealth of this relationship or to the unhealth of this situation. I'm sorry. Then to other faithful believers. Brother, sister, listen, I don't have it all together. Hey, listen, uh, I, I love Jesus, but I cuss a little, and I need you to do something. I need you to pray for me. Because I know you're on the journey as well, too. I know we are all uh, dealing with something. Can you pray for me? He says, pray for one another. It's, it's interesting here. I, I, I love this. Confession to other sinners or other broken people in terms of, hey, I love Jesus, but I cuss a little, that's judgment. You've just put a condemnation over yourself. You've just literally said, I'm messed up. Oh, well. Confessions to other sinner is judgment. Confessions to faithful believers, to our brothers and sisters in Christ, is empowerment. Because now I'm putting, uh, I'm putting a spotlight on myself. 
I've just put my business out there. What does that mean? You're going to be looking at me and see where I stumble. So I just gained accountability. Confessions to other sinners, to, to my buddies who I'm in sin with, is judgment. I'm just heaping judgment on myself. Confessions to other faithful believers is empowerment. I'm saying, hey, brother, sister, hold me accountable. I need help. But confession and community, when we all come together and say, listen, me, Lord, confession and community is revival. Is revival. It is, it is now leading to healing. First Chronicles 7.14. If my people who are called by my name, remember last week God changed our names? We're children and sons and daughters of God now. If my people who are called by my name humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and I will hear their, heal their land. Anybody need some lands healed? Anybody need some relationships restored? Anybody need some situations fixed? If my people, who are called by my name, humble themselves, stop trying to act like everything is all good. It's your fake religiosity. Well, I, we don't do it like that. You guys do it like that over there. We just feel like it's better this way. Be quiet. Humble yourself. Say, not them, but me, Lord. Seek my face. God, we are here in church Sunday morning collectively as a family saying we need you. Change everything. Then I will forgive their sins. And heal their land. Point number three. Mutual accountability brings about healing and provides power through the process. Pray for each other. Prayer and healing is not limited just the elders of the church in this text. It's all of us in here. All of us can pray for each other. And it goes on to say the prayers of a righteous man uh, avails much. Uh, prayers of the uh, righteous man are effective. Righteous man and woman are effective. It, it, listen, remember, a righteous man is not a perfect man. Scripture tells us a righteous man falls seven times, but does what? Gets right back up again. So don't you look at your brother and sister and like, I can't tell you my business because, you know, I don't know, you've got issues too. We all got issues. And we need to start praying for each other. It avails much. It's effective. Uh, when you confess your sins and ask for prayer from your brother, somebody who's on the same journey with you, God does something in that. There's empowerment in that. 
There's revival in that. And this morning, we want to make this, uh, listen, um, this is the end of the message. I'm, I'm going to come and share a few words afterwards. We're going to take communion. We're going to all mutually confess. We'll have a, a, a real opportunity. But um, I'll say this. Jesus is relevant, and he changes everything. And it begins with confession. And so uh, I'm going to ask Steve to come up here. He's got a visual way to help us illustrate this thing. Listen, if, if service is going too long for you, that's okay. You can leave. I just want you to know this right now. Jesus changes everything. Uh, no one's going to judge you. We're, we're probably going to dim the light so it's over here. Uh, but this, mo- this morning, somebody wants to get free. Somebody's tired of carrying that burden. Somebody's tired of carrying that issue. Somebody is tired of being sick. Not only physically sick, but spiritually sick. And they want to be healed. Let's pray. God, we thank you that your spirit is here with us. We thank you that you have spoken clearly to our hearts. I believe, God, that your people have heard your word. And I pray in thanksgiving that transformation has taken place and will take place and will continue to take place. God, speak to us clearly that we cannot deny the convicting power of your Holy Spirit this morning. It is in your son's name, Jesus, I pray. Thank you again for joining us on the Relevant Church Podcast. If this message has been impactful to you, let us know by sending an email to hello at thisisrelevant.cc. If God is impacting your life through this ministry, join us in reaching others by investing at giving.thisisrelevant.cc. Don't forget to subscribe to our channel for more messages like this one.